Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. On today's installment of The College Loop, we've got an exclusive interview with former Auburn kicker Anders Carlson and Auburn center Nick Brahms. We've got a full slate of, slate of spring sports. That includes baseball, softball, gymnastics, the whole nine. Action-packed weekend here on the Plains. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The College Loop. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I don't I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 34 of the College Loop Podcast, or the Bo Jackson episode, if you will, or the Charles Barkley. A lot of great 34s in Auburn athletics history. But I'm once again joined today by Harrison Tarr and Daniel Locke. How y'all two doing? I'm doing well. Doing pretty good. Pumped to talk some Auburn ball. And we've got an awesome interview, exclusive interview here on the College Loop with Anders Carlson and Nick Brahms. We caught them in the car on their way down to Nick Brahms' wedding. Huge congratulations from the College Loop to the Brahmses. That's big time. We're really excited for them. Part of the Auburn family forever and an interview that you don't want to miss. So make sure you're staying locked in on the loop. If you're going to skip ahead, don't skip through that part because that is a must. That's must see TV. It's appointment television. Also appointment television, Daniel Locke's breakdown of college gymnastics. Always exciting. Always on the edge of my seat. Daniel, talk to me a little bit about Auburn senior night send off over Penn State. Sure. So obviously second week in a row, no SUNY Lee due to a non-gymnastics issue. Hopefully nothing to be concerned of, and she'll be good going to Duluth, Georgia for the SEC championships next week. But Cassie Stevens won the all-around for title for Auburn. Second week in a row, I believe third time on the year, um, Auburn ended up beating Penn State 197.6 to 197.025, which is a pretty good win in gymnastics. And what I noticed on pretty much every event, um, there were two or three Auburn Tigers before there was a Penn State Nittany line on the scores list. So Auburn really, really dominated this one. Um, obviously, as always, first rotation, home teams on ball, road teams on bars. So Cassie Stevens and Darion Goborn led Auburn, both getting a 9.9. Um, and on bars for Auburn in the second rotation, Stevens and Goborn led the way again, each with a 9.925. Gabby McLaughlin led the way for the Tigers on beam with a 9.950. And um, Olivia Hollingsworth actually led Auburn on floor with a 9.950. It would have been nice to see Darion Goborn um, get a 10 on floor her last meet inside that arena, but that's unfortunately just didn't come to pass. Um, but like I said previously, Auburn will be competing in the SEC gymnastics meet um, next Saturday over in Duluth, Georgia, and then the NCAA tournament's a lock. There's no way they wouldn't be a part of that. So, 
hopefully we'll get the host regional. Um, I don't think that's predetermined. So they should have that opportunity, I would think. And then, yeah, it wouldn't be the last movie. And maybe Darion would get another chance to get that 10 in that arena. And the proper farewell that Sunni Shalee deserves at Neville Arena, uh, completely still yeah. on the table. Another thing I wanted to note, Daniel, call me crazy. I thought Auburn got better on the uh, on vault. I thought that they had a a solid performance on, 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 on not not quite still where where you'd like for them to be. Which granted, you're still a top twenty team in, in the country. But you look at the mm-hmm. weakest link, right? I thought I thought Auburn was solid on vault. The beam is, in my opinion, the most difficult in a lot of people's opinion, most difficult discipline in in, in college gymnastics. And and I thought Auburn did fine. Uh, they they look like they're they're sharp at the right time. Sophia Gross' ability to just smile through regardless is is truly re- remarkable. Her dismount on 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 beam not what she wanted, but but her ability to kind of there's no one more resilient than than Sophia Gross. And, and I thought there were a lot of good takeaways minus the fact that you, you know, wish SUNY could have competed. And uh, for those of you who thought I was who I thought I might have cried when Darion uh, had her last routine on on the floor at, at Neville Arena, you were right. I did. So uh, I'm not crazy, right? Like this, this was a good positive building block. Sure. Um, obviously with, with anything in sports, there, there's, you, you, yeah, let me start. Sorry. It's been a long day. It's easy to dwell on the things that could have gone better. Um, that's just true for every sport, but just looking at how far this team has come on ball. Cause I remember the LSU meet at, right after they got done with the first rotation, they were so bad on ball or I'm not going to say they're so bad, but Vault just did not go well. And I was like, I wouldn't be surprised we lose this meet just because of how uneventful Vault was for Auburn. But they've really made that a focus, gotten a lot better on it, and, you know, get two 9.9s. And the first, um, for the first time, probably all year on Vault. I'm not 100% sure on that. I could be wrong. But, yeah, just a very solid performance. A significant ending and a good way to put a bow on things, Dylan. Before we get to our Diamond Sports, I meant to throw this one at the front of the show, so I'm going to make Dylan's life really, really difficult here. But we're going to go ahead and throw it over to our exclusive interview with Anders Carlson and Nick Brahms. You're not going to want to go anywhere. It was important that we talked a little bit of senior night for gymnastics. If he decides to cut this up and you hear it in a different part of the episode, that's completely fine, too. We're really excited for this one. So let's throw it over to ourselves, Dylan and I, hanging out with Nick Brahms and Anders Carlson right here on the College Loop. Yeah, now it's my pleasure, Dylan, to, to welcome in two very special guests out of the College Loop. We've got Honors Carlson and Nick Brahms. Uh, Honors, obviously, you're uh, Auburn's kicker and hung around the, the program for a while. Nick, you were around the program for a while, and uh, we're really excited to have you guys on the College Loop. We've got a lot of uh, lot, lot of good Auburn questions for you guys. We'll, we're not going to take too much of your time. I've also got some really hard-hitting journalism later on that I'm, I'm really excited to ask you guys. Um, and I know Dylan's going to give me some, some grief. Uh, but first things first, how are you guys doing? And uh, on the, I guess, on the backside of, of of your Auburn career now, how, how's how's life after Auburn ball? Oh, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, right now, I'm I'm just uh, flying strike at the airport, uh, so I'm still in Auburn and uh, living in town with uh, my fiance. We're gonna we're headed down to get married right now, actually in Pensacola. So let's go, baby. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I've been doing is, is just working all the time and trying to get to the airlines as quick as possible. So, it's been fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yes, and for me, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how moves you can – I mean, I can't even see me, I don't think. But uh, how, how fast it moves along, you get done and then kind of sent out to the real world. Like right now, you know, I'm training. So, not a lot has tra- changed in my routine. But you don't have the hours. You don't have, you know, the workouts at 6 a.m. And 
kind of just got to fend for yourself, figure out what's best for yourself. And, uh, yeah, it changes real quick. But, uh, man, I love Auburn. I know we, uh, we're both sticking around right now at least. And I'm, I'm assuming we'll we'll try to come back for old too. Maybe we'll see. There you go. Hey, question for you guys. You already mentioned, uh, Nick, you're talking about you're a flight instructor now and you're still working over and you both of you guys have a, have a flight background. This is my hard-hitting journalism. I'll go ahead and put it at the front end here. How similar – what are the similarities between uh, playing football and flying an airplane? Because there's got to be something you could you could connect there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that question. I always say – I always say uh, like trying to land an airplane is like is like trying to, you know, win like – you know, getting like a fourth and one, you know, for the game. Because like every time, you know, you got to make a good landing <laughs> – you always you gotta win that fourth and one every time. If you don't, you know you <laughs> you lose the game. Right. You know, there's there's bigger kinds, but airplane too. So, um, yeah, I would say landing an airplane is probably similar to, to fourth and one. You know, with the game online. Honor some of the times of the kicking game. I'm, I I had to. This was my hard hitting, just dumb question I wanted to ask you guys. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, landing, you got the wind, so kicking, you got wind, so you got to factor that stuff in. You know, you got to aim right of the runway if the wind's right to left, same with the field goal. So I'll, I'll tag along with that answer. But uh, I think so, too, like your cockpit management, right? So as a pilot, you got to man, manage the cockpit, uh, do all your checks and balances. And as a kicker, you know, we get in the playbook a lot, study a lot of film, obviously. No, I'm playing, but uh, these guys do at least. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's it's the same. You gotta you gotta know what you're doing. Be a pro at what you're doing. Uh, in the same way you do with, with flight, you gotta know everything about the wings and just the instruments. I've actually flown in a while. It's been a while I'm, since I'm training. I haven't flown, so uh, he took me up a couple months ago. But uh, I'm ready to get back up when I can. There you go, Dylan. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you loose. I'll stop talking, you guys. <laughs> yeah. So since y'all spent a lot of time at Auburn, how much of an impact does the university community play? into your personal growth, both on and off the field? Uh, it was huge. I mean, we both spent six years there, so that's a good majority of our life. And, you know, that's where I got my best friends, my wife, his soon-to-be wife. Uh, and, yeah, on and off the field, you know, on the field and football, couldn't have been a better experience. You know, you go through ups and downs of good season, bad seasons, injuries, healthy seasons. So you kind of learn – be to be a man and just uh you know get through the get through the hard times but enjoy the good times too and you know off the field meeting people outside of football too and I think that's what you know we did pretty well is just balance our lives um and yeah I mean I just loved working you know just trying to make Auburn better you know just the betterment of Auburn and uh man there's a lot of fun yeah I would, I would say uh the, the coolest part is meeting, meeting like, the, the Auburn family. You know, like, every, everywhere you go, you know, you'll wear an Auburn shirt no matter where you go. Someone will say War Eagle to you, you know. And um, and then that's how you build connections and, and really build your life, uh, you know, new opportunities and stuff. And so uh, I think that's the most special thing about Auburn is there's so many people who love Auburn, uh, you know, as the, for the university itself and the football team, obviously, and the basketball team, really every sport uh, at Auburn. And so – uh, really just being able to meet new people. And, and like Honor said, I met, I've met my, my lifelong friends at Auburn who uh, I know will be my brothers for life. And, uh, and, you know, our families would grow up together and uh, be able to see, see their uncle Honor, you know, whenever we come and visit.
<laughs> Uncle Augers, that, that's, that, that'll be a fun era. Uh, that, that'll be a ton of fun. Question for, for you specifically, Augers. We're, we're going to pick on our buddy uh, J-Mac a little bit here. I'm going to give you the opportunity to dog on J-Mac a little. He claims that he, he never didn't have the laces out. Can, can you confirm that he, he always had the laces out? See, our, our operation times were always on point so quick that I'm just trying to think, man. I don't remember ever seeing the laces. Uh, you know, they did show a clip. I remember during, uh, I think it was spring ball. And it was like 14 reps. I think y'all saw it maybe. It was on like the journey of the documentary we had. And J-Mac, man, just every time was money. Uh, so I think if you put every single rep, it'd be the same uh, the dude is just – he's money. He gets into the spot. He knows the circle. Um, and, man, he's just on point with it all. So. Heard that. We, I just had to take the opportunity here. He, 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 kind of, he kind of flexed a little bit when he came on the show. We love J-Mac. We've been lucky enough to know him for four years. But he's like, I swear they're yeah. out of time. I was like, I'm, I'm fine out. I'll be the judge of that. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure. Now, I, I will, I'll pull up something. I'll pull up his uh, – maybe his worst clip. If I can find something, I'll send it to you. Y'all can – That'd be great. So, uh, just to debunk his argument. Perfect. Dylan, I'll let you go ahead with, the, with the grab, grab another one here. All right. So I'm going to go to Nick. Uh, so you unfortunately retired from football in 2022 after repeated injuries. Uh, and through the years, how was, how was the transition from player to essentially a coach? And how much did it mean to have your team pour out so much support to you? Yeah, it meant the world to me. Um, that was probably, that was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. Um, in my life so far and um you know it was just something i like i had to make uh, because my health is number one you know in my life and i've had uh plenty of surgeries i have my fair share so um after my last one and you know it kind of it affected me more than the other ones did but my playing style you know just just being able to get out of my stance and explode out of it and uh, you know i kind of saw the writing on the wall for it and uh and so whenever, you know, my teammates, they, they supported me, you know, no matter if I was playing with them or or if I was on the sideline as a coach, you know, and I wanted to be around and stick around because, um, you know, I came back to that sixth season. I came back, you know, to, to you know, pour into Auburn uh, one last time. And, uh, you know, whatever that looked like, uh, you know, either on the field or as a coach, I, I wanted to do it and be able to contribute uh, any way I could. And so uh, it meant the world to me that, that the guys, you know, brought me in. And, uh, and supported me because um, I, I wouldn't have been, been able to get through that, that time in my life without him. Yeah, and I'll add to that. Uh, Coach Nick, man, he did a great job. <laughs> um, you know, we had a situation where we needed a new coach. I was team Cadillac, obviously. He did a great job, great Auburn guy. But, you know, if, if that didn't work out, if Cadillac just wanted to stay, you know, running back coach, I was ready for team yeah, Nick to think, step up. I think I, think I was uh, – I was number two on the interim head coach list. Yeah. So fire up the rumor mill. Fire it up. We'll start it here. You heard it here first. Nick, Nick Roms was was next in line if Cadillac did not want the interim that's head right. coach. That's, that's the headline of this. Hey, you already sold it. That's the headline of the podcast uh, for, for the for the Sunday. I, I, Dylan, I'm sold. This is I'm I'm going to believe it from from here on out. And that's what I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to stick to. Question for both you guys, and we always ask. We've actually been fortunate enough to have a couple of a couple walk on guys come on so far, and you guys are first full time scholarship athletes, which is super exciting for us. Funniest dude you guys played with? We've heard Worm was hilarious, um, and but beyond that, uh, uh, any, any guys that really stick out? 
they could make you laugh to the point where like it hurt. I'm sorry. So what are the funniest guys? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Worm, Worm was a character. Worm, Worm was a different guy, man. Here, here's what I think. I mean, for me, my, you know, in the locker room, there's kind of rows. And you, you, you kind of hang out with your guys in your rows. You hang out with your group. I hang out with specialists, too. You got Oscar Chapman. I got to put him in there. Uh, Reed Hughes, too. Running with Reed. He's famous. But for me, I mean, I had Tank, Tank next to me. Tank was a, Tank was a, was a clown. Uh, depending on the day, man, he could be the funniest guy in the locker room. <laughs> I had Nick across from me. I know he's acting all uh, serious right now, but he's probably the least serious guy I know. Like, I always joke around. And then I had Colby next to me, too. So, like, between those three, I was surrounded by a bunch of bunch of clowns. Yeah, I, I, I got to give a shout-out to my guy, uh, Grant Lloyd. He, <laughs> he's probably – he – like he laughs, he makes you feel like the funniest person on earth because he laughs at everything. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, it's like anything you said, I feel like a comedian every day, you know, when I talk to him. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say Grant was, was probably one of the funniest guys. I love it. I, yeah, it's, it's funny, Nick, that you mentioned that about Worm because I we were talking to Jackson and, and Brooks Walton, and, and they both said that, yeah, you wouldn't even know what, what, what Sean Shivers was saying. And, and and you couldn't even understand what he was saying, but he's just hilarious. Is that three hundred five? What is he? Oh, you know, nine five four. Nine five four. Yeah, nine five four. Rowan yeah. County. Rowan County. I love it. I love it. Dylan, go ahead. All right, and so I'll go back to Andres for this one. What does the NFL draft for preparation look like, and how surreal was it to be invited to the combine? Yeah, it was it was a huge blessing to go to the combine. Um, you know, a select number of guys get to go, so it's it's special to go, kind of show your stuff to a place where all all the teams are and all the coaches you want to talk to are. Um, I mean, since you know, I broke my shoulder, so getting back from that got healthy, and then you know, I started training uh, right before Christmas, and I've been working uh, really hard. It's it's kind of fun, like you know, those first few months, no one's really paying attention to you, so you get to kind of just work in the dark. And then now that, you know, pro day is coming up and all these important check marks are coming up, uh, just kind of get to show what you've been doing. And uh, I'm excited for the, all the guys, man. Pro day is going to be awesome at Auburn. We've got a lot of guys with a, a lot of potential and can show a big show. Um, yeah, just being at the combine was, was incredible. Uh, kicking in that stadium, it's a huge, huge stadium. It's a great look. And, uh, you know, it's a lifelong dream. So it's just a step closer the way I see it. But. Just taking it day by day, uh, working out and kicking a lot, and uh, just trying to stay healthy and, and just, yeah, being ready for whatever's next. I'm going to kind of build off that real quick. And and we've made it this far. We haven't mentioned Daniel. We're not going to talk, talk about Daniel. We're going to talk about honors. But how cool is it? I mean, we've talked to a lot of people around the program that said it was just super fun to watch you be able to go and be honors, Carlson. And, and forge your your legacy at Auburn. Obviously, the things that Daniel did at, at, at Auburn were incredible, but it had to be a pretty cool experience to be like, yeah, I, I followed his footsteps, but I was me. Like, that had to have been a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah. No, yeah, it was, it was huge coming in and having him as a resource, right, learning how to not get in trouble, show up to workouts on time, uh, you know, some technique stuff with kicking. And then, you know, when he left that first year I was actually playing, you know, I probably got Daniel – more than I got honors. Uh, people would have thought I was Daniel. So, uh, but you know, over time, obviously that switched. And yeah, like you said, it was it was cool to create my own uh, 
you know, kind of legacy or name, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, now Daniel's back in Auburn and sometimes he'll get the occasional honors or something like that. Um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, it was, it was, it was a huge blessing. Definitely. Uh, it took Gus a little while, you know, he was the head coach then, uh, you know, I think he was, you know, he had Daniel for four years, five years. So I got to, yeah, it's cool to look back on it. I'm sure. All right, so people really don't understand is the fact that Honors was actually a higher-rated recruit. So the level of, uh, like, hype that came in when Honors came in was massive. I was an Auburn fan my entire life. So whenever I heard there's another Carlson brother coming in, I was like, oh, another another all-time kicker for Auburn? Let's go. You were right. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> and uh, Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, so you are actually – Second all time in Auburn scoring, which is outstanding. The, in fact, that y'all y'all probably the highest scoring brothers in like football history, really. So how how does it feel to like have that kind of legacy with your brother? Yeah, no, it's there's well, there's two things you got to touch on there. Uh, one, I don't, yeah, I don't, I didn't know that I was tired of my brother. I, I don't think that stuff. I do know, as you know, one of my closest buddies. And one of our roommates was John Samuel Shanker. And, uh, you know, he's turned out to have the incredible career as a tight end, special player for Auburn, a leader and stuff. But I was higher than him coming in. And as a kicker, I was like, I just thought that was pretty funny. Uh, so I just kind of rubbed that in his face a little bit. I know he's had a lot, a lot of success here. Were you higher than me? Nick? I don't really know. Was I higher than Anders or, or do you I think, know? I think, Nick, I think you were higher than Anders. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. Definitely. I'm like I was definitely like third, third to last in the class. It was. You know what? You're in the class, and that's what mattered. Uh, no, I think all all I gotta say is me and Jalen spent a lot of time in Auburn, man. We were old guys. We spent you know nine years combined together, so uh, it was just fun to kick for Auburn, and you know obviously our job is to make some points, so glad we could do it. There's a large generation of Auburn fans that this year will be the the first time in their lives that they've ever seen a non-Carlson kick for Auburn. I'd like to I'd just like wrap your bra- brain around that for a second. Yeah. Question question for both you guys about about Coach Malzahn. Both you guys, uh, Gus Malzahn guys. Well, how's y'all's relationship with him and Christy? And, and do you guys stay in touch? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he's had so many players, and uh, you know he's busy coaching still but uh I actually saw him the day of my wedding and you know I'll send you texts before a game maybe um I know he I know he loves Auburn so I'm sure I'll see him later on laugh a good bit but uh the occasional text every once in a while yeah, yeah Miss, Miss Christy wished me a happy birthday the other day it's been a lot right yeah. on good folks it's I, I I don't I don't know if you guys even want to speak on this but for Dylan and I it's been fun to watch uh Gus do succeed at, at UCF, and we sincerely enjoy watching him uh, be a successful football coach. I imagine since you guys were recruited by him, y'all are kind of pulling for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. I mean, we, I've got a couple of friends on his team right now. That, yeah, we're, I'm always for him. Right on, Dylan. Did you want to? You want to go? Go out? Go out? Yeah, ahead here. Uh, so I mean, picking out a question. All right, so Nick. People don't talk enough about how tough it is to play center. What message do you have for folks that don't appreciate the big guys up front as much as they should? 
Yeah, I'll say, you know, I always argue with the O-line, uh, other O-linemen about this, but uh, I think center is the hardest position to play. It is. Because, um, I mean, you got you got a, a 300, I mean, sometimes 330, 350, nose, nose tackle on you, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and you got to snap the ball and then you got to block them. You know, the other guys, they can just have their weight for, you know, especially in a run block, you know, or they can have less weight on their hands, their pass blocking, you know. The center, it's always – snap first and then go so I think that's what makes it the hardest position but uh, you know the tackles that like I was talking to Austin Troxel about this the tackles are on an island by themselves which I, I can get that because you know the center does get a little bit of help sometimes and I can call it the, the pass protections you know and, and the scheme and uh, you know if I need a little bit of help you know I can always call it for myself you know <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but uh, uh so yeah, that's what uh, I was arguing with them about. It was, it was fun though, um, but yeah, no, I mean the, the five guys up front are are crucial. I mean to the success of a team, and uh, yeah, I mean it it, it was uh, it was a fun it was a fun five years playing. Uh, you know the hardest position on the field. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. You know that quarterback. I would say. I would say cornerback too. You know, trying to cover a wide receiver when you don't know what they're doing. I feel like that's pretty tough too. But obviously, I didn't have any experience with that. But I just imagine that would be pretty hard. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not kicker, kicker, quarterback, center, and deep <laughs> corner. Right? Yeah. I was about to say I'm not putting words in Andre's mouth, but I'm sure he's sitting there, sitting over here going, "Yeah, you've not stood alone at the end of and uh, in a fourth quarter game winning situation in the middle of, uh, of an SEC hostile environment." But sure. <laughs> How about, how about making a snap, though, a good snap on a, on a fourth and one? It's important. It's so important. <laughs> it starts yeah. with you. Hey, it's, I, I, started, Here, I started the, the, the play. Here's all I know is, you know, when I'm all out on the field, uh, you know, Nick's guys that are around him on the line are out there grinding on field goal. And I look over to the bench, and Nick's just sitting there drinking some Gatorade. That's right. I mean, he, seems, he, he claims he's a, you know, hard worker and a good friend, but he's never actually blocked field goal for me not ever blocked for me so i don't know if we can say hardest for center that is true, that is true. you get a playoff right. listen every, I... every every coach i had didn't they didn't like the uh the center on field goal because you know they were worried about their snapping so sure. makes I, sense i don't think i don't think many centers are on field goal because i mean, we already got you know we got Honors, it feels a little bit like a cop out to me but i'm not i'm not getting in the middle of that <laughs> That's what I'm – maybe he's out of shape. Nick, another question for you real quick. You you had a handful of guys. Actually, you had more continuity than a lot of people have had recently in terms of uh, taking the snap from you uh, while, while you were at Auburn, really just predominantly two quarterbacks. Who – and it could have been in practice too. Who is the biggest, I guess, hard ass in terms of it had to be done a certain way? I think they may hit a cell hole again, which is cool. Oh, both like the dead ball snap, which I was pretty good at. And I like the dead ball snap, but, uh, you know, at some point I was trying to do a spiral and he, he was like, no way. He was like, he was like, you need to go back to dead ball. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't it made that big of a difference to you, but that sounds good. But, uh, you know, I would say Bo, but me and Bo had fun too. I, I haven't had any hard ass quarterbacks who, you know, wouldn't, you know, like what I did or something. They're, they're all good. Right on. Right on. Well, Dylan, I, I think that's probably going to wrap it up. 
Uh, guys, we really appreciate y'all coming on. We don't want to spend too much more of your time. Nick, congrats, man. We're excited for you. Um, enjoy your week. Thank you, guys. If y'all ever, like, want to talk Auburn ball, like, Andre, you got my number, please talk Texas. And if you want to come bash Nick about not being on kicks without him being on the show, let us know. Like, we'll, we'll host the banter. We're here for it. And uh, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. You guys be safe in your travels, and, and, and we will we will catch touch base and, and stay in touch. Hey, good to meet y'all. Um, if you want to come down to Nick's wedding this Saturday, Pensacola, y'all make a trip. Yeah. Whoever's listening to this, yeah. you're invited on behalf of me. <laughs> but, uh, hey, good to meet y'all. Absolute uh, pleasure, guys. Fun talking off. We'll see y'all. See y'all. Thank you so much to Anders Carlson and Nick Brahms for joining the show. Like I said, one more time, congratulations to the Brahmses. That's a big moment. We're excited. Big, big congrats from the college loop. I would like to put out there that Anders personally invited the three of us, and we decided to not crash Nick Brahms' wedding. So I think that we should be on the good list. We're, we're on the nice list. And, and that Nick, Nick and I'd like to think that Nick and us are, are now friends. We are friends with both of those guys. Oh, for sure. Uh, it seems like we're, ba we're, we're batting out loyalties between the Ellis family and the Brahms family now. So... It's, we're actually starting the bidding war uh, between the Ellis's and, and the Brahms. So, anyways, back to the, to the Auburn sports. Had a busy weekend on the Plains, like we mentioned at the top of the show. Auburn softball. Not exactly the kind of week you're looking for. Bats were silent and large. And, and uh, wound up falling and dropping two straight games to UGA on Saturday after a pretty encouraging victory on Friday. And, guys, I just don't know how to put it other than Auburn pitched fine. They killed themselves in little mistakes with defense, and that happened at the Georgia Tech loss on Wednesday yeah. as well. Uh, Dylan, you're, you're, I'll, I'll get your thoughts and your takeaways, but I, the bats were just quiet. Yeah, uh, Auburn struggled immensely when it came to hitting the ball today more than anything. Uh, yesterday you had three home runs on the first game, and that's when you won 6-5. to five. Uh, Then you go into the day, first game, and it, you got shut out 5-0. to zero. Just nothing was going uh, Shelby Lowe was getting lit up. That was probably the only like downside of the pitching this entire series was uh, Georgia just found a way to hit the ball just wherever Auburn Auburn's outfield was not. And we saw, I think, three or four errors today alone from the outfield. And you go into the second game, Auburn starts off very well, put up four runs uh, pretty early. And then, you know, you, got, you go up 4-2 in the seventh inning or sixth or seventh inning, give up two runs, like right off the bat from Georgia, close it out, go to extra innings, go to 10. Uh, Maddie Penta, the, give her uh, an arm massage or something. She was pitching out of her mind. I think she had over 100 pitches for sure. And I know her arm is sore, uh, but not much you can do. Couldn't really hit the ball that second game. And very few, the balls were not just, it just didn't go Auburn's way last two games. It simply just was not Auburn's weekend, and 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 that happened. That's going to happen throughout the, the the course of the SEC season. But you've got to you got to get right, Daniel. They they're going to get a short break this weekend, uh, and and not not have to play SEC opponents. How do you get right? How do you build momentum? And, and and really, where does it start? I think it's on the offensive side of the plate. Yeah, um, I would say a big part of it is just kind of getting back to the drawing board a little bit, just kind of visiting what's gone well, what hasn't gone well. Um, get in the cage. That's always a good place to start. Just kind of, I'm not saying necessarily start from the beginning, but you've got to reevaluate some things because there have been times this year where this offense just has not shown up. Sure. Um, so 
you've got to get that figured out or you're going to get eaten alive in SEC play. And I think this team is better than what they showed this weekend. So it's oh, yeah. a matter of shuffling things and making things sit in the, in the, in, in the right places. And, and that comes with, with the season. I know that 20, was it 24, 25 games into the season now? Feels like it's probably a little deeper than it is. It's not. <laughs> you you still got a very young season on your hands and, and, and a lot of time to figure things out. Another team that's not even into its SEC play on the diamond. Let's talk Auburn baseball for a second, guys. Absolutely molly rocking southeastern Louisiana on Friday night and then kind of getting destroyed for all intents and purposes. I know it's 8-3 uh, as a final, but losing on, on Saturday morning. And, and we, we mentioned time and time again, good opponent, good for your RPI. The pitching's concerning. Am I wrong? Open I think you are. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong at all. It, it seemed – it's a weird, weird, uh, weird thing going on with both Diamond Sports. You start off with kind of not a dom- well, a dominating partial win. Uh, your bats were all there for the first game, and then the second game. I mean, deficit. It's the same for the second game, but different reasons. Uh, but it seems that Auburn is starting to really miss Gonzo. Uh, you're going against a regional team uh, that you faced last year, and yeah. you're you're missing your best pitcher. So it's going to be really hard to keep that consistency uh, whenever you have to go into Saturday with not your usual guy. And, uh, of course, it probably didn't help the fact that today was a doubleheader for both sports because the weather and, you know, you're, you're used to playing on Sunday. You're used to having that, like, extra 12 hours to, you know, rest up, get ready for the next game. But then you have to – 40 minutes later, you got to pack it back up, go back on the field. And it's worth noting that at time of recording this right now, Auburn's currently down. I believe it's five to two in the middle of the seventh. Yes, uh, five to uh, southeastern Louisiana favored uh, in the middle of the seventh. That was fifty five minutes ago, though. I imagine that's been updated since then. I'm just trying to get find the update. I can. Regardless, I can for you. you surely do not want to lose a series to a non conference opponent. It's just not something you want to do at at the college baseball level. It's okay to, to, to get knocked around in softball a little more so than it is in baseball. Baseball, you want to play in these series. Not great for your RPI if you want to lose them, especially if you lose them at home. Not going, not saying this is the end of the world, not saying this is going to go poorly. I mean, we've seen Auburn get swept by UCF and then turn around and win two out of three against Arkansas not too long ago. But you want to figure out the arms and the offense has got to help. <laughs> it, it's got to help consistently. You can't look to the same three or four guys. And I think we mentioned this on the Thursday show. You can't look to the same three or four guys to manufacture everything for you. You need to be consistent one through nine. Now, looking forward, Daniel, Auburn's got a test on on Tuesday uh, in a a midweek contest, granted at Plainsman Park, but with Georgia Tech. And yes, I'm I'm sorry for those of you, I'm wearing a Georgia Tech crew neck. I just came from Georgia Tech baseball game doing a little scouting myself. Tech's super beatable. They're good, but they're beatable. But Auburn's got to bring its best stuff. This is not a midweek game where you can kind of throw around some test arms. This is a midweek game that can seriously help or hurt your RPI. What's the approach there and and the mental outlook, Daniel, for for Auburn? Um, The mental outlook is you just cannot take this opponent for granted. This is an opponent that you could definitely see this summer. Um, This is definitely a team that could be an NCAA tournament team. Um, So just kind of you got to go into it like you're going up against Ole Miss or um, Tennessee, um, Arkansas. 
or Arkansas, right? Any of those high caliber college world series type teams, uh, you have to look at this the same way. Cause this could be one. Um, they're very good. So you need to start early. Um, you really probably, it would not be ideal to let them get out to a lead. Uh, not a big one anyway. Um, I don't see this being a game that you can come back from being down four or five early. Sure. So just avoiding that um, in early offense is probably the biggest thing. Get get a run or two in the first inning, and I think you're setting yourself up pretty well for a good night. Agreed. Dylan, I think you throw Tommy Vale. Oh, am I, I am don't. I, am I crazy? Yeah, I don't think you are at all. I think Tommy Vale is probably, I don't say your best option, but uh, for as weird threat. As we're thin as the pitching rotation is right now, without Gonzo, I mean, Tommy Vale is kind of your hot hand. So you kind of have to throw him in just to get back right because it looks like – I just checked it again. It's still 5-2, uh, middle of the seventh uh, from – unless they haven't updated it in a while because that's still since an hour ago. So I don't know if they're in delay or something. They haven't said anything. But, I mean, he's your hot hand, like I just said, oh. and you got to put him in. I, I think you throw your best midweek arm, and and, and I think that yeah, guy is Tommy Vale. And if you throw him on Tuesday, you can throw him again Sunday. Don't think I'm crazy for that. Guys, thank you guys so much for hanging out on this crazy, busy Saturday night. None of us are in our hometowns right now or at our residence. I'm in Atlanta and uh, downtown hanging out with, with some buddies. Daniel, I think you're still in Nashville, right? Uh, no, I'm in Birmingham now. Ah, Daniel's <laughs> back in Birmingham. He's on some solid ground. And Dylan's coming to you live from the new Lark Family Camper, coming to you at coming to a tailgate near you in 2023 football season on the Plains. Daniel, tell everybody where they can find your work, and we'll work our way around here. I think we're good. Thank you guys so much for tuning in the loop. If you're listening to the YouTube version, make sure you subscribe. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke, and you can find my written work for The Observer or any Auburn student media outlet, plus potentially another one coming soon. More details on that later. Well, that's news to me. I'm Harrison <laughs> Tarr. It's not. Is it not? It's not. Okay, maybe maybe when we stop, when we hit in record, you'll, you'll fill me in and I'll just have an epiphany. I'm Harrison Tarr, at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter, like you read my byline. If you want to read my byline and read my written work, I've got some cool NFL draft stuff coming out soon and already has been published by the Auburn Daily. We're going to have a complete write-up about what Anders Carlson and Nick Brown said about life after football. That's coming out on the Auburn Daily. A lot of exciting stuff coming out on that front. You can catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday and Friday, Wednesday with Dylan Lark, Friday with the legendary Lindsey Crosby. I'm also on the College Loop every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, just like Dylan's about to tell you about. Yep, and I am Dylan Lark, at you boy the tank on Twitter. That's at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank. And you can find the College Loop literally everywhere. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that's Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, social media. We got Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube, but sadly, do not have a MySpace quite yet. But yeah, with that being said, for the Cosmic Podcast.